Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have you got a one-for-all gift card that you've yet to spend? Treat yourself at any of the 11,000 one-for-all retail partners nationwide before December 31st, and you could win €10,000 in cash. When you spend your gift card, simply visit oneforall.ie forward slash win, and you'll be in with a chance of winning. Terms and conditions apply. One for All. Proud to support Irish businesses. The One for All gift card is issued by GVS Prepaid Europe Limited. GVS Prepaid Europe Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Uh, episode 35 of the bloodandmud.com podcast is here, and it's here on time. We are your sweary, timely, on-timetable pipe bomb of rugby knowledge, Josh. We are indeed, and it's a glorious day today. It's two glorious anniversaries. Did you know that? No. It is, uh, it is five years to the day since Gethin Jenkins scored that try against Namibia in the World Cup in 2011, i.e. the greatest moment of rugby ever. Yes. And it's also a year to the day since a certain game between Wales and England at Twickenham that I'm totally not going to talk about. <clears throat> no, I have no idea. I have actually no idea what you're talking about. No, this, there, was some, there was some game at, at Twickenham between England and Wales. God, was it a year since the Rugby World Cup? It, is a it year, seems like about years five since... years. There's so I know, much it's it... time she has flown. Anyway, we, as I said, we are on time, but off colour. We are on the side of Chris Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> and in is fact, that the side of the Angels? I'm no, not sure. I don't know. And in fact, we are very much the rugby equivalent of what the Channel 4 version of the Bake Off will probably turn out to be. Yes, we're an empty tent. We are, we are an empty tent <laughs> with, a question, with questionable content, even if you put it in there. I am Lee Calvert, editor of bloodandmud.com, and he is... I'm Josh Gardner, eventually, and I'll probably should watch. <laughs> you can get in touch with the pod uh, via at Blood and Mud, or you can get in touch with Josh... Uh, it's either at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch. Anything good in the rugby shirt world this week, Josh? Um, well, the Ireland away shirt was uh, released on Friday. It looks like the England purple. away shirt from a few years ago, that kind of putrid purple colour. It's, it's, it's a different, a slightly nicer shade of purple, I think, actually. A bit of blue. I quite like it. And uh, yeah, Scarlet's away shirt reviewed today. That's blue and orange, which I think is a criminally underused colour combination in this country. Very popular on high-end racing push bikes. 
Yes, and also in American sports, where they love a bit of blue and orange, but okay. over here, yeah. can't stand it. Weird. Yeah. Mm, anyway. So it just shows the difference of, of, of interest when you take in shirts, when you <laughs> use phrases like, it's a slightly nicer shade of purple. <laughs> so yeah. Not often a thing I, a phrase I use in my life. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for your company this week out there. Um, and every week, we, as we know, your time is very valuable, and that you choose to give some of it to us is always and will continue to be appreciated and never taken for granted. If we could ask you to take a little bit more of your time this week just to give us a review on iTunes, that would be really, really helpful. Give us a star rating and jot down with your fingers a sentence about what you think of us. Whatever it might be, we don't mind, but it does help us with spreading the word out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up this week, we've got the usual bumper crop of reviews of the weekend. Uh, yep. Shit watch, uh, shit good ratings. We've had a listener get in touch, Josh, who's getting fully on board with I don't second that emotion. Oh and I'm well, yeah. I, I'll be honest; I was upset when it came through, but we'll find it. We'll, we'll, we'll let you have a think about that later on as well. Mm. And the latest Despicable Rogue will be added to the You Dirty Get bucket of infamy later and on. The, what's the Despicable? The first, rogue yes, week. the first you, you Dirty Get of the season. Mm. Um, and then there's the lovely song at the end. At the end, like we're some sort of low rent cabaret for the doomed, basically. <laughs> That's also an alternative. Strapline for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Low rent cabaret <laughs> for the dude. Welcome aboard, everybody. Indeed. Um, before we get cracking on the usual stuff, um, mm. I picked up something this week on Twitter. New Worcester Warriors prop, Nick Schonert, who is, you'll be surprised to hear, a South African person. I am shocked, deeply shocked by that. Um, had this to say as he arrived at his new club about the scrum, of which he will obviously be a part because he's the prop. Mm. He said, and I quote, I want it to be a brand name for people to say that Worcester Scrum has carried them throughout the season. Well, one, that's not a brand name. It's more of a strap line. But it got me to thinking and got us to thinking, what would that brand name be? And are there any other brand names that would fit for certain parts of a club's game? Does he mean mean like sort of like like in American sports where they have like the the meet the the wrecking crew and all that sort of stuff, you know, like... Yeah, the baby, steel yeah. curtain defence. Indeed. I mean, you could call it the... No, I'm, I was going to say you could call it the beef curtain, but that's, <laughs> that's just... Why, why would you want no, to do I that? Terrible. That's awful. <laughs> why would you I'm want to do that? Um, so. Well, you know, the beefy lads. Oh, I see. I'm with yes. you now. Right, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah moving yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know it, what you could call a warrior scrum, really. Munchies? Um, the, if we're going to go down that American sports, we could call the the monsters of the six ways has a nice ring to it. It does. Uh, if anyone Imagine that the monsters the of the six ways bears defense. It's um, carried them throughout the season. Made mm, um, to make your mouth water. What's Worcester famous for? Porcelain. Oh yeah, boilers. I was struggling then to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boilers, I mean, yeah. The kilning fields. <laughs> oh, these are so awful. They're absolutely brilliant. Josh, my, I, if I had a hat, I would take it off right now. Um, yeah. These are actually come, I'm inadvertently coming out with things that would work instead of taking the piss. So I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I've got to think yeah. about other things where you could use maybe brand names for other things. Bristol Defense, mm. the, the, the defense for Bristol Rugby Club, for example, could nick Gap, couldn't it? Yes, it could nick Gap. I was just thinking like a trellis fence because it's riddled with fucking holes and won't stand up for much punishment. Uh, the Wasp Bat line, I thought, could be Bounty. Yes. 
Yes, uh, I thought the Wales line-out could be renamed uh, Tom Bowler for all the consistency <laughs> that it offers. <laughs> and the shit prizes at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that so was as much as I got, to be honest. Mm. But I thought it was an interesting idea that you could try and have a brand name for a scum. The fact that he didn't come I up with one. That sort of thing of like, of the, you know, because let's face it, Saris are the only team who've done I was it gonna with say, this yeah. awful Wolfpack shit. So how about something actually it funny? It stuck, though, didn't it? We all know it. It's stuck, yeah. It's like sell it bang. We all can't stand the <laughs> advert, but we, we always know what it is, don't we? Hmm. You can't deny the power of branding. So, yeah, if you've got a suggestion for what we should call the uh, Worcester Scrum, it's going to be bad if Or the indeed Scrum anything turns, else, yes. Yeah, if the Worcester Scrum turns out to be fucking dreadful, he's going to regret that, isn't he? Yeah, he's lining himself up for a bit of a shoe in here, isn't he? Hmm. So yeah, so that was an interesting thing. So get in touch with us, as Josh says, at Blood and Mud, or at Josh Gardner, and let us know if you've got, uh, one, a name for the Worcester Scrum, or any kind of brand name for anything else. Yes, What did not? somebody say? What did somebody call Gloucester last week? The Chokomatic 900. I think that <laughs> they was... did indeed. That was good. I like yeah. that one. And speaking of uh, the Chokomatic 900, let's get on mm. with the reviews of what <laughs> happened at the weekend, shall we? Yeah, should we just title this whole segment, Everything's Gone a Little Bit Fucking Mad. It was a very, very, very strange weekend. It really wasn't it? was, wasn't it? I mean, first of all, I don't know if we actually have a klaxon, but we should have the I am going to tee up this time. Saracens have lost a game klaxon. Yes. Because fucking hell, Saracens have lost it. Like, that's all I wanted. Yeah, of all the games I expected them to lose, well, if I did expect them to lose any games, to be honest, but yeah. if you would say to me, which one do you think they're going to lose, uh, Lee? I'd have said, not this one. Yeah, especially because they lost it last season and you felt like bizarre, they might have had a bit of, like, a, a score to settle or something. But, like, it was just such a weird game because it wasn't even that Quinns were that good. Like, they were dogged. They worked really, really hard. The pack was good. Hmm. And the set piece um, worked very well. But And they had a bit of luck, of course. But they weren't, like, amazing. They weren't like Wasps were last season when they put, like, 60-odd points on them or anything. And, like... It wasn't even that Saris were that bad. They just kind of, they were imprecise at key moments. They made like errors is, at times. Is, they were a bit sloppy. Again, a bizarre statement to be making. Well, they so. look like actual flesh and blood human beings <laughs> instead of dispassionate rugby automatons sent from the future to crush any drama or excitement in European rugby. Which, of course, yeah. is what they have been I'm, like, I'm, for the whole last season. I'm still struggling to work out. I'd be quite busy at the weekend, so I actually had to watch the, the highlights. Mm. And... I'm still struggling to work out how. I found myself staring out of the window, sort of, and, and, and my wife sort of says to me, are you listening to me? No, you're trying to bloody work out how Quinns have beaten Saracens again, aren't you? And I have to admit, I am, yeah. I've just been yeah, wistfully sort of glancing. Yeah, you've mind, haven't you? Yeah, just sort of, yeah, yeah, you're drawing <laughs> equations in the sky, like, yeah. Like Russell yeah, Crowe, yeah. But it doesn't make sense, does it? Like, Zanski was a bit shit, I guess. Billy V wasn't at his best. And they clearly miss Cruis and Farrell, obviously, but... I think the answer obviously lies in banging out 17 points very, very quickly. Yeah. And then just and hoping also, you can cling I, I on. I think the answer lies in that Chris Ashton is the glue that holds this Saris team together. Yes. Another because, reason why we should all love him. Yeah. You laugh, but, like, Saris looked superhumanly unbeatable last season as well. And then he got banned just before the Six Nations, and all of a sudden they start losing games. There's something like, in that, you know. This is the Bath Sam Burgess thing. You can joke as much yeah. as you like, but it's... But causality does equal... Yeah. Instance does equal causality. On this pod, it does. Yes. Research, <laughs> research. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so that so, was that. Yeah. 
that was weird. What was even funny about that is I still find it amusing what John Kingston looks like. They kind of wheel him out, <laughs> and he, look, look he looks like, like a peripheral Family Guy character. He's got like a, he's, he's been driven, he's been drawn, sorry, by a fa- the Family Guy, and kind of stands there talking like a geography t- looking and sounding like a yeah. geography teacher, and but having just dismantled the greatest inhuman force in rugby history. I know, and you sat Graham Roundtree next to him, who was an equally just unlikely looking character, and it's like. I tell you and what, the Roundtree and Nick Easter seems to have done some uh, work with that Quinn's defence, don't they? They certainly have, and the, the set piece as well. I mean, for all the criticism that Roundtree got about how shit England scrum was last year, and it was, let's not forget, he has he has done a, a remark because let's not forget they lost Marla after what fifteen seconds. <laughs> fifteen seconds. <laughs> seconds. She is having a fantastic year. But I he didn't. To be fair that. to him, he didn't in that fifteen seconds regularly abuse anybody or kick anybody no. in the head. So you no. know it's so. It's Progress. a positive. The, yeah. the, the counselling has worked for Joe, and mm. we're right with you. We're right behind you. So, um, <laughs> and, and then yeah, because John Kingston who came on, and Mark McCall came on doing his kind of very gracious, sensible speech. And I noticed Mark McCall looks like what a detective inspector on a police procedural program. <laughs> he's kind of brilliant at his job, but he's not very good at forming human relationships, which is probably why he works quite well with his playing squad. Really, he probably is. He's sort of yeah. He's kind of like the guy who's. He's like sat behind the desk and he, he's kind of frustrated that he bent the rules again, but he knows that you're a good cop, so he'll let it slide this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of people who look like people, Tom Dare got in touch at Blood and Mud on Twitter and said, it's brilliant how with every passing year, Mike Ford looks more like Paul Robinson from Neighbours. Oh, fuck you, right. <laughs> oh, my God. For those of you who remarkable. might be too young to remember Paul Robinson and Neighbours, please. Paul Robinson's still in Neighbours. Don't he worry can, about it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he left. Oh, I haven't watched it for years, but yeah, he's still in it, is he? But yeah, he does. He's an absolute ringer for Stefan Dennis, i.e. <laughs> Paul Robinson off Navy. Yeah. Right, what's, what else have we got from the weekend? Um, yeah, well, that was just the start well, of the weekend. That was just the start of the weekend, Because, yeah. like, I mean, Saints were very good, and yet Wasps were somehow better in what was a cracking game. Saints um, haven't played badly. No. And yet they've had a bit of a shit out crappy start of the season, haven't they? Yeah, I still think that they're going to... some tough games out of the way early, I suppose. Yeah, they're going to come good, though, I think. They've lost two at home now, though. It's kind of weird. But, um, yeah, Tigers, very impressive, I thought. They've been a bit meh. Yeah, where and, did uh, that come from? Yeah, all of a sudden, they become old-fashioned Leicester. They it's a lesson dominant. to all of us about drawing conclusions after three games, I suppose, isn't it? Unless it's so, about Bristol. Yeah, well, <laughs> Exeter or Exeter and Bristol are definitely going down, I think, is the... Uh, other conclusion you could probably draw from that mm. and um, then the real weird one was Worcester's sale which was just mad <laughs> what, Worcester's continuing what commitment to fucking up is the only hope that Bristol have of not being relegated I think at this point they've only got a choice now about getting Big Nick in the scrum and keeping the ball in there for the entire season if yeah, you ask him basically if you it, ask him yeah mm. um, and then there was Newcastle who were basically safe now yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. God, Gloucester was shite. Like, if oh. it weren't for Bristol, Gloucester might get relegated. Somebody got into, I think Tom, yeah, Tom Dare got in touch on Twitter saying, what the fuck is James Hook doing? Scratching his balls on behind Billy Burns in a yeah. team that's not doing it's, very well. It's almost like somebody there doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> and, they're, and they're wasting Ross Moriarty. Jesus Christ, that man is literally trying to win games on his own because nobody else is really bothered <laughs> about helping him. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, you, you see him going on runs and looking around and nobody's with him, so I go, yeah, what the fuck is he doing? 
got that fuck it, I'll do it myself thing, but with a well, sort of proviso of, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to fucking have yeah, to, through, aren't I? Through a lack of choice. <laughs> I have absolutely no other options here, so I've got to go. Yeah, yeah that was just That was a, a mad game, though. It was a I mad did. game and a mad weekend. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much less weird in the Pro 12, if I'm honest. Like, I didn't see much Pro 12 this weekend, because as I mentioned a few weeks ago, I've moved into the new Blood and Mud Towers, in which I'm having to do a great deal of shitty DIY. You know what? I haven't played rugby for years, right? And what mm. I've found is, if I went back into coaching now, that basically, if you get people to rip bindweed up, it is the <laughs> greatest jackal training in the yes. entire world. It was like I'd gone back in time to when I used to attempt to jackal in Division <laughs> 4 South East in South Wales and get smashed off the ball by some massive airy bastard from Ely. That was basically... Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, if you got back into coaching, you would be able to get your team to do that for you. That's true. Perverse training. That is true. Yeah. No, this is definitely for you lot, this. I'm working yeah. you hard for your own good. <laughs> wax. Well, I'd be like Mr. Miyagi, it worked for him, didn't it? He's basically paint a fence. It is, with, yeah. With, wax with on, point. wax off, but rip up nettle from floor. Stop moaning. Yeah. yeah. Right, anyway, so, uh, Pro 12, I'm hey, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, um, Osprey's turned in probably one of the weirdest performances I've seen them in recent memory, where they managed to get hammered against Leinster without actually looking like they were getting hammered, which was really weird. Like, <laughs> oh, that's Leinster a frustrating was, game. That Leinster's pack were very good and they were definitely on top. Uh, Johnny Sexton was very composed in his return and Leinster were very clinical, but they were 31 nil up at half-time. And yet somehow, the Ospreys kind of just looked like they were sort of competitive, but it just kind of wasn't really sticking. And normally, like, a team would be down, like, five or ten points, but somehow they were 31 points down. That's probably good news, though. It sounds like a stupid thing to say, but the fact that you still looked like you were playing It sounds okay. like it was a massive blip. That I, I don't think it'll happen next week. Like, Steve Tandy's decision to drop Dan Evans and Sam Parry, who are probably the two best-performing players in the squad for the first three games, and also shunting in Sam Davis to fullback when he's been the best ten in the Pro 12, um... Was, it's easy to second-guess these things, obviously, but it seemed weird at the time, and it was obviously enthusiastically a shit idea in practice, so are, even are though you, neither of them were that bad. Are you happy about Steve Tandy this year? I kind of, as I always am about Steve Tandy, kind of, uh, I'll wait for him to fuck up and then he'll eventually get sacked, but he, he seems it, to be incapable of making them that shit. What's his photocopier access like? Let's, uh, well, get, to, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Clarity copiers are an official Osprey sponsor. So what uh, is it about teams in South Wales and photocopier every, copies? Every motherfucker is in with the clarity. They're on the clarity copier take. I'm not entirely sure how you get on the clarity copier gravy train, but they are I on. Remember it. you sent me a picture pre-season saying, "Oh look, the fucking Ospreys have done it now." And yeah, it was a I'm magnificent picture of Dan Lydia stood next to a photocopier, looking <laughs> looking, like, looking like he'd made terrible life choices. Well, that's the thing, because Lydia is kind of like an ambassador for them, almost. He seems to do all their corporate events, so I assume he's getting an extra tier of copier access. How did they get him to talk about copy? Did they say, imagine it's a tractor, Dan? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You could imagine him being a spokesman. That's literally the only thing he's ever been enthusiastic about, other than smashing people around the leg. (laughs) It's tractor farming equipment. (laughs) So, yeah, clearly he's got a secret. He's developed a... it's basically been in Paris for a year, 
it made him a oh. massive city boy, and he's discovered a love of photocopiers. <laughs> I love the idea that somebody can be into tractors, go to Paris for a year, yeah. and then come back loving photocopiers because yeah. that's the kind of romantic shit Paris does to a person. Yeah, it's the it's the me- it's the farming equivalent of becoming a metrosexual. You know, just massively into office. You heard it here first, Dan Lydiot, photocopier metrosexual brand. <laughs> There's a brand name for you. Yeah. Anyway, what were we Clarity talking about? So anyway, that. Osprey's lost. <laughs> yes, we, it was, and um, they they were very good in the second half. They, they finished thirty one nineteen, um, and yeah, even though Dan Bigger and Scott Baldwin weren't bad, it was just there was obviously something not right with the equilibrium because they just kind of, I don't know, it was just such a weird game. It was one of the weirdest games I've watched in quite Is a while. Is this the first game that Bigger's come back in for Sam Davis? Uh, starting, yeah, he's mm. come off the bench. Mm, Something in there. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I get a feeling that it would be a brave man to not play Sam Davis back at ten against Ulster next week, but we'll see. Speaking of Ulster, they mm. uh, did they again look quite impressive, don't they? Yes, I, I'm starting to feel good about not hexing them. If I'm honest, you have said they're the best backline in in Europe. In Europe so yeah, yeah. and I, I'm they are one of those teams that appears to be hex proof because they've what won four out of the bounce now. They're not looking incredible, but I mean, winning against away at Glasgow is nothing to be sniffed at by no, any stretch of the imagination. Just the start they had. And I would not bet against Glasgow and, and Ulster probably resuming hostilities later on in the season, probably maybe even in the final. I don't know. They're what, two very good teams. What would Connacht's brand name be this season? <sighs> Dog shit. Bucket of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like they're bottom of the table after four games. Let's not forget, absolutely like, plop. It's below the Italian teams. Let's let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, for give a that. Just have a second now. Like this is a, like I talk about bad title defenses, but this is some like losing your first three games and getting one called off is quite awful. I've always um, I've always tried to do a bit of analysis around you know who are the worst champions ever sort of thing. Mm. And there was always an argument that England were the worst champions ever when they won the World Cup in 2003 because they immediately went on tour and got rinsed and it all yes. went badly after that, basically. <laughs> and they are oh. almost like the worst world champions ever. And I've always, th- I've always thought, can anybody take that thing? And Connacht seems to be doing a very, very good stab at it. In they their defence, it was a bit of a fairy tale last year and nobody expects them to do brilliantly well. So Yeah, and a lot of the players that were playing at a sort of superhumanly high level last year have kind of come down like Bundyaki. Bundyaki <laughs> yeah. just doesn't look the player that he was last season at all. I don't know what's up with him, but just like he doesn't have the, he's not breaking tackles like he was. He doesn't seem to like just have that vision and the the creativity that he was showing last season. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's, they haven't had a preseason. Don't forget, they only played one preseason game for various bad scheduling and organisational reasons. And it almost feels like they've been getting their pre-season out of the way for the first month of the season, which is not ideal, to say the least. Edinburgh Munster, I did catch some of that game at the weekend, and I caught the bit where Edinburgh looked like they might do something, and then it all went mm. terribly bad. Everyone's having like getting very excited about CJ Stander's uh, player mic performance. Yeah, which basically just to hear to you him whooping and saying well done lads in a South African accent yeah and it was what was really funny after the game Alan Quinlan was being I was stripping a wall at the time and I could hear Alan I was stripping a wall while Alan Quinlan moaned that was my yeah. that was my rugby experience <laughs> this weekend and Alan Alan Quinlan went 
men wasn't happy with Munster at all. And it was absolutely brilliant because he was saying, you know, they have to get this right. And yes, they've won, but that's wrong. The defence isn't right. The set piece isn't right. Then they did this, they, they played the CJ Stander thing. And everyone came back dead chuffed and said, you know, well, what do you think about that, Alan? What a game CJ Stander had. And Quillen basically just went, well, you know what you get with him. He's a very honest player. But the thing is, right, is that Munster have got a terrible set piece. They've got a terrible... He just would not be swayed from this having a massive that's, go at Munster. That's the thing, though. Like, the Dragons were shite this weekend. Edinburgh was shite. Connacht was shite. And they respectively made Treviso, Munster, and, and the Scarlets look probably better than they are. Like... A Munster team of yesteryear would have put 50 on that Edinburgh team and they would have been yes, vicious with it. As it was, they got, you know, 20-odd points ahead and then they just switched off a bit. And that's, yeah, it, it, they showed a little bit of the bad old days of last season while also winning a bonus point at the same time, so you probably shouldn't complain. Which brings us to mm. our weekly update on the great championship that is the CPC. Indeed. The Cuthbert uh, Police on Cup. What is it about Shipwatch that makes Zebra try to be a minor rugby force? <laughs> every time they seem to get it, they all of a sudden look quite decent. Like Somehow they came within a goal kick of sending Cardiff back to the arms park with the Goblet of Shame. And Well, I say somehow, because Blues are an absolutely inexcusable bag of shit. Uh, why is that, Josh? Um, well, <laughs> what I did we say is, last week? Hey, they still won, all right? Okay. <laughs> I haven't fully cursed them. They're still four out of four. They're still tacking in the table. And it's not my fault that Steve Shingler can barely manage to be a 50% goal kicker. You which... talked them up like a second-hand car on eBay. You were selling to an, <laughs> to an unsuspecting, naive young woman. Yes. Oh, yes, eventually... lovely run of this, love. Won't give you any trouble, this, love. Won for years, this, will. And eventually, the fact that <laughs> one of the teams here is an actual rugby team with good players and aspirations of winning things did out. Just about. Just about. Yeah. Just about. And, but, did you get a lot of shit on Twitter about that? Uh, a fair bit, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, hey, I'm not taking responsibility for that one. I blame Steve Shingler and the entire Blues team for I forgot trained. Steve Shingler was there. That's a, well, that's... He was quite good the first couple of weeks of the season, yeah. but uh, yeah, he was bad. Well, everyone was bad, let's You're be honest. Bad. So Zebra, Zebra Shitwatch continues. Yes, uh, 17 days now so, they've held the Cuthbert Police on Cup, and that also means uh, their last competitive win was a whole 142 days ago. See, Cardiff ended up with it last year, didn't they? They did. One more thing, actually, as mm. if this game needed any more reason to be cast down into infamy, because it was a terrible game, let's not forget that. <laughs> um, for some reason, both teams wore their away shirts. Right. So Zebra wore their, now, their blue and yellow away kit. It and Cardiff wore the pink, blue and white hoops. So there would have been less clashing if both teams had just worn their own home shirts and be done with it. Somebody on As Twitter... A, on. That winds me up like nobody's business. I don't mind telling you. Somebody on Twitter got in touch. I can't remember who it is now. And I meant to pull it out before I started. I'm very sorry. So please take my, accept my apologies. I'm not claiming this as my own. It was somebody on Twitter who said, imagine if we created a situation where Cardiff played Stad." <laughs> for the CPC, and both Cuthbert and Pleason were playing. That's basically, that's top echelon stuff, isn't it? That's, deci- that's better than a deciding test in a Lions series for me, that, in terms of, basically, in terms of the excitement in the same, levels. You know how, like, you win the Champions League five times and they let you keep the trophy? <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to retire think, it. Basically, if, yeah. it, if it got to that, 
whoever lost that game would just keep the CPC forever then, I think, and we just have to invent a new trophy. We have to rebrand it, another branding exercise. Yeah, exactly. So that's, there you go, that's Zebra shit. Watch it continue. Who have Zebra got next? I don't know. Uh, I don't know either, actually. I'll have a quick look. I'm sure it's a team they're probably going to lose to, though. So, uh... Well, I mean, who is... <laughs> you know, which team is that not? You know, that's a good question. Um, I reckon they would probably lose. They probably beat the Dragons. Oh, they're away to Munster. That's going to go well. That's not going to go well um, at all. Yeah. No matter what Alan Quinlan says, I think they're going to do a yeah. number on them. Alan, Alan Quinlan will be very angry. Because he is fuming permanently. Yeah. Um, I always think when people are that fuming, they're such a massive part of the club. You often feel like saying to "Well, why don't you get out of the studio, get your tracky pants on?" And get back out there, actually help them try and... I don't mean play, but get out there trying try and do it. Yeah, it's kind of a Paul Stoll's Roy Keane scenario, isn't it? It's like, if you know what's wrong with this club, then go and fucking sort it out, mate. I, I will never... I'm an Oldham Athletic fan in the round ball mm. game. And so is Paul Stoll's. And he always Indeed. said... He, he always Why didn't Paul go and sort you out? Well, he always said he'd, go for, he'd finish his career at Oldham, and he never did. Because he's a ginger shit out. <laughs> what a bastard. Yeah, so... Um, he just, you know, owns Salford United, whatever they call them. Salford City, sorry. Mm. Anyway, let's go on to the shit good ratings. Let's. Let's do good first, shall we? Well, now, I'd like to clear up something from last week. Mm. I mentioned Guy Thompson. One, Guy Thompson was very good this week. That's why he he's was here. He was very, very good. He was very, very good. If you ask me, he is definitely the best seven at Wasps. Better than any other seven that is at Wasps. <laughs> if you ask me, for my unbiased opinion, he is definitely the best seven at Wasps. Yes. Anyway, last week I said that somebody been in touch with me and said he could play for Jersey. And then mm. you said, hang on a minute, he was born in Hereford. Now, I've had some clarification from somebody, that the same person come back. It's actually his dad who was born in Jersey. Uh-huh. Therefore, he can take Jersey nationality through his dad and then use that nationality to play for any of the home nations right. at the age of 29. Quite a circuitous yeah. route, but that's, that's how he can play. I mean, well, I'll come on to it in shit, but let's, let's not rule... This out. And could um, the, the, the same correspondent who got in touch about Guy Thompson also would like mm. to clarify specifically to you that girls mm. do like man buns. Do they really? Yeah, because we said they don't. Mm. And he I was mean, very clear. Very, He wanted to make it very clear that girls I like man buns. I guess we're talking... This is the problem with polling, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it all depends on the sample that you've drawn and, and, and the, certainly the sample that I've... I've done it. It's not a favourable response at all. Okay. Well, anyway, mm. some do, some don't. Some do. I think yes, have to it's say almost that, like people have got free will. And it is. like what they want to so do. There you go. Guy Thompson, the main point, though, I was digressing slightly. The main point mm. is he's very, very good. And very good. he just shows you how people can mature later in their career, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. 29 sort of years old. Nowhere, and 29 he's, years and old. He's, and he's doing very well. Any good for you? Indeed. Um, it's me, Sir Rocket Davuni. Like, I know mm. I was banging on about Christian Wade last week for England, but um, I think it's going to be quite hard for Eddie to ignore the big Fijian if he keeps playing like he is. Like, he's scoring tries for fun. And I've always felt that, that Stu Lancaster never really gave him much of a chance. Didn't he get like, called think, up last year and got injured? Yeah, something like that. And then he wasn't he called the up odd, for the next one. Yeah, he seems like he had the odd game here or there, but he never really got much of a shot. But I think Eddie, certainly with no Ashton and all that... He's better well, than Jack Noel. I think he's a better right winger than Jack Noel. Yeah, I he's agree. Me, he's but, certainly uh, got. He's more likely to score a try for you than Jack Noel. And uh, yeah, I um, think I'd like to see him give him a shot to showcase his skills in the autumn, maybe against Fiji. Who could say? Um, good for me. I've got James Horwell. 
for his yeah, work with begrudgingly, Quint. because I hate James Hortwell. Well, yeah. what was funny was, in the Guardian's match report, this is, this is a quote, which said, the superb work of James Horwell, who overshadowed Itoji, until his late yellow card got him removed from the game. And I thought, that's, <laughs> that's kind of, that's his whole career. That is in James one sentence. Career, in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, played very well, very impressive, got himself a yellow card. Yeah. But yeah, he was still good. He was a very yeah, big... Him like and Jamie Roberts were a very big part of that uh, defensive effort. Yes, I think uh, particularly... The, since he's been quite quiet. He hasn't really made a big... As I guess, you can't really make much of a noise as a lock. No. But I think he's come, since he's come over, he's been a very good player for Quinns. Wallabies could do with him, arguably. Um, my next good... Um, raise your hand if you forgot that um, Nemanja Nadolo played in France now. Because I definitely did. Yeah, my hands up um, here. Yeah, uh, yeah, he plays for Montpellier now, and he scored a hat trick against Breve on the weekend, just doing that thing that he does, namely being fucking comically massive and making attempted tacklers look like small children. He looks like that um, viral video of that nine-year-old in America who was smashing people that, out. Of that's him in adult form. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's still brilliant. He's still a joy to watch. Um, other goods for me, uh, Tim Sweel. He wasn't flawless for Quinns on Saturday. I didn't think he missed a couple of pops of gold, but um, that pass across the 22 for Charlie Walker's try was was absolutely majestic. Mm. Like There aren't many players who can float one that's that flat, that long, and that accurate under pressure in the 22. It's a pass Dane Coles will be proud of. I bet Gethin could. Yeah, Gethin could. Dane Coles Gethin could. could do anything. Of course he could. He does anything that he wants. <laughs> Have you got a one-for-all gift card that you've yet to spend? Treat yourself at any of the 11,000 one-for-all retail partners nationwide before December 31st, and you could win €10,000 in cash. When you spend your gift card, simply visit oneforall.ie forward slash win, and you'll be in with a chance of winning. Terms and conditions apply. One for all. Proud to support Irish businesses. The one-for-all gift card is issued by GVS Prepaid Europe Limited. GVS Prepaid Europe Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Um, good speaking of, uh, of you know, tricky things that people can't do, uh, Danny Cipriani, specifically for his chip and chase and offload. Oh, that was well, it wasn't really a chip and chase. Was it a chip or was it more of a grub? It was kind of a grubber, yeah. It was a grubber. It was magnificent anyway. Yeah. But... My, Ridiculous. One of my old rugby league coaches used to say, and I don't know how scientific this is, but I often like to look that the ball, the rugby ball, if it's going to bobble, it doesn't the third bounce. Okay. So I, I always keep an eye out for that. I always keep an eye out because if it's going to bobble, it goes on the third bounce. He said, "There's never been any studies done, no con- conclusive no, comparative somebody studies." Somebody definitely should though, because they should, they should, like should they? But it looked like the Ali Cipriani was definitely that was a third bobble catch and an offload. Mm. No, it was a ridiculous try. These. 
And of course, how can we go for a week um, without mentioning the magnificent, magnificent continuing career of second five eighth Jimmy Gopper? Yes, blazing into the twenty-two with pace that I still don't understand where he's come <laughs> what, from. What is it? Is it actually him, or is this like an invasion of the body snatchers scenario? <laughs> it's basically Jason Robinson's wearing a, a Jimmy <laughs> Gopper mask. What you can place kick? It's just absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, other good to me, Dominic Waldup uh, was superb for Newcastle against Gloucester. Um, scored a try, uh, did a fabulous job saving one at the other end as well. Um, and it's worth remembering, he was deemed surplus to requirements at London Irish uh, in the middle of last season when they were in the midst of that relegation dogfight. And he was sent off to go and play for the Ohio Aviators in the inaugural Pro Rugby North America season. Now that's a game. So that's not, like, one game and isn't everything, even. obviously, but like on the evidence of that... Irish might probably have been better off keeping him, given that he's only 29 as well. Did he play for England, Dominic Ward? I, I think he has, yeah. He was a coming thing at Wasps, wasn't he? Yes, he I was. I never rated him that highly, but he was, he, he, was, he was decent enough. Yeah, he sort of came, he never really arrived, even though he was a coming thing. Now he's at Newcastle. Um, no, he's never played for England. Oh, was he not? No. Oh, I thought he had. No. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, he was a bit of a coming thing for us. When we were desperately trying to find anybody in the centres who wasn't Jamie Noon... He was yes. seen. He was seen as that person. Yeah, there was a whole period with England where the centre. I mean, let's let's not let's not go. We've done that before. Yeah, and I don't want to ruin my mood. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah. good. For, a couple of goods from Twitter. Ian Bradshaw got in touch and said that a good was that whichever spotty seventeen-year-old it was that hacked Sarries and swapped the Crush All Hope program for the Play Like <laughs> Humans program. Is the point? That... I mean, he's done rugby a service there. Whoever that child was, he was. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also Tom Dare got in touch and said, Mike Ford is good for joining Toulon because what an insane basket case club needs most is a man who denies reality on a professional level. <laughs> imagine those two together. Oh, it's going to be... Imagine everyone... there... I, I saw that apparently in the keep said that um, Bujalal has like fallen under the spell of Mike Ford. It makes it all sound very <laughs> romantic and a little bit weird. Was, how does that completely nonplussed, boring northern voice make it? Maybe that sounds sexy to a... To a um, French a person. Frenchman. Yeah, I mean, that's not really out. Weirder things have happened. But yeah, no. that is going to be funny. I no. hope it's funnier than Bujalal's very hesitant attempts at being on Twitter. Cause I know, I'm still, I'm that still is, upset about it. It's one of the great wasted opportunities of our It is, age, yeah. You have to just keep going back to Marwan Kukasha, the Salford chairman who was, who was <laughs> exactly. on Exactly. So you know, will be like him on 11. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fully ramped <laughs> up. So that um, was. That was yeah. Any more good, sorry? Uh, yeah, two more goods. Uh, Brad Thorne coming out of retirement to play at the age of forty-one. Now, speaking um, of somebody who's put his tracksuit pants back on, yeah, Alan Quinlan, the, Brad Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Thorne. That's the thing. It's not like he did it because like Queensland County are in trouble or they needed, they've got injuries or anything like that. He just missed it. He's forty-one years old, and he just I miss being an incredibly hard man and hurting people. Is basically. The gist of it, I think. Brad Thorne would have been in my year at school. That's how old he is. That gives away how old I am now. But yeah, he would have been in my year at school. Frightening. Yeah, love of the game. Shane Williams also uh, made a surprise appearance for Amman United. uh, Did he? Yeah, his hometown club uh, in National League 3 West B. Uh, Didn't score a try. Imagine being being the opposite winger when he comes trotting out. You'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. And he didn't score a try though. He 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 set up a couple apparently. I bet he stepped um, a few people though. 
I bet he stepped quite a lot of people. Um, and he did he did the Wales Ironman last week, so apparently he's still a bit knackered from that, but probably not so knackered that he. I do a bit of cycling, and I've done like hundred mile bike rides. I can't think of anything more depressing to do than an Ironman. <laughs> Imagine what the training must be like. When I was yeah. training for a hundred mile bike ride, it pissed me off. I was going to go out five hours a time on my own, going insane <laughs> on the bike. Yeah. I ended up flicking yeah. the V's at sheep. I was on my own for so long, trying to amuse myself. You go insane being yeah. alone for that long, I'm telling and then you. Then imagine having to swim in Wales yes. in <laughs> yeah. September. In some quarry somewhere, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then last one, the standing item, of course, um, Charles Piersow. Yes, every week. Yes, just um, his break for Darren Kay's try, the fact that he did Stuart Hogg for pace on the outside is frankly absurd. I yeah. don't... Ridiculous, ridiculous. Imagine what it would be like if they kept him. I know. The oddly bit thinking about, does it really? It's unbelievable. Mm. Let's move on to the shit. Let's. Uh, my first one is, um, who were you quite a fan of last week and the week before? Uh, who was I? Alex Lazowski. Oh, yes, I was. And oh, yeah. Looks what, and then guess it? what's happened? He was rubbish yeah. versus Quinns. He's the kicks more than anything. Oh, yeah, the kicks were... He, I mean, yeah, he just kind of looked how I expected him to look three or four games ago, mm. i.e. a young 10 that doesn't really yeah. know what he's doing. He was, yeah, he wasn't very good at all. Having um, said that, you know, he was good in the first two games, and it was the yeah. kicks more He wasn't totally diabolical, but the kicks... No, were, no. The kicks, you know, just... you know, it's like it's binary, this. He's either shit or he's good, and the kicks were to make him shit. Yeah, kicks could have won the game at the end of the day, so... Yeah. Hmm. Um, my first shit, uh, Moro Itoje. Fuck it, why not? Yeah, Just get in there. After a Thirty-one match, sixteen-month unbeaten run. He's finally lost a game, and everyone needs taking down a peg. Back in your box, Moro. I also like the fact that nobody can keep writing about that anymore. I know it was tedious, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We know he's, he's won many game. games. He was part of a team. Aren't we a miserable anyway. set of bastards, eh? Didn't take as long to start, you know, not liking this magnificent talent, did it? Losaurus Rex got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and at Josh Gardner and said, shit, is boring ex-wasp, ironically, Rob Howley for calling all the exiles selfish? Yeah, Rob Howley did not cover himself in glory with that that entry interview thing that you gave Western Sale this weekend. Um, Yeah, just saying things like, basically, that they've made a decision to leave and that it's a selfish decision to go and play in England or France or whatever is A, yeah. incredibly hypocritical because obviously and B, he did it. not needed, is it, really? And just, yeah, totally unnecessary. It's like, to be honest, the WIU have kind of covered themselves in shit this week between that Howley interview, which is a bit of a disaster, and then Martin Phillips, the WIU CEO, basically giving an interview that, Seemed like he's already decided that Warren uh, that Howley is going to be Gatlin's successor in 2019, and basically well, anybody that's else. That's something to look forward to for you all, isn't it? Oh Jesus Christ! He basically said that if Die Young wants a crack at the Wales job, then he's going to have to um, win the Premiership in the next two years, which is not beyond the realms. But and also basically said that he definitely. Well, what's wants Rob Howley to... ever done? It, <laughs> I and I quote you, and I will quote you this because it is one of the more ridiculous things that has been said uh, this week. He said, uh, uh, regardless of people's opinion, Rob Howley has a track record of being associated with a team who have won things. <laughs> well, Just... by, by that stretch, every single Manchester United fan could claim that, couldn't they? <laughs> I've been associated exactly. with teams that have won things. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> 
I, they just want people whose face fit, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I'm not aware of another Welsh coach who has won things at international level. Rob has, and he is Welsh. Right. Basically, they he wants a Welsh person to be the new Wales coach, which is hideous parochial bollocks. Um, but not and, that, you know, I think they get a bit of support for that, really. You might not. Yeah, they probably it, would. I don't like it, but whatever. Because that's ignoring the last 20 years of anything After good. After Brexit, it'd have to be somebody British, British anyway. The, <laughs> yeah, the wall will be up by then. Um, yeah, so it's just silly. Yeah, they, so, they've been doing really well with the WIU recently, but they've pissed in their chips quite a lot in the last. Generic Barman number 84 got in touch mm-hmm. on Twitter to, to say that not only was it a bad day for Bristol in terms of getting hammered, they. They allowed the great behemoth that is Chubby Tommy to score again. Twice. Twice. We managed yeah. to get a bit of distraction, didn't we, with their centres doing a bit of work and Fraser doing and Slazer doing Fraser doing quite well, etc. etc. Yeah, and when it comes no, down to it, they will always revert to type, and that is yes. Chubby Tommy rumbling over from an inch and a half out. Well, rumbling, falling, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, speaking of Exeter, um, Thomas Francis getting banned for a fortnight for innocuously putting his foot in the rear, somewhere in the vicinity of Danny Kerr's head, um, which he got a red card for in the first place, which is bad enough, and now he's been banned for a fortnight for it. And it's just like, not only was it silly, but I found myself agreeing with Austin Healy. Oh, which, look at I what mean, they've done. I'm not sure I'll be able to look in the mirror again. Um, speaking but, of banned... Uh, we've not been mm. on since Chris Ashton got his ban, have we? No. He got 13 weeks. Yeah. And that fellow in France who did an eye operation on somebody got 14 weeks. What would you have to do in France to actually get a proper ban? They are prop- There is a, a, a definite thing with gouging in France that they are kind of out of step with the rest of world rugby as far as how serious they view it. I don't know whether it's like a cultural thing that it's always gone on there and they don't see it as a big deal. But... They give noticeably shorter bans for eye gouging and stuff. Because there was that whole thing with the um, the Stade Francais lock who got banned mm. for gouging a Leicester player. And then the top 14 like basically said, well, fuck you, he did it in Europe. He's free to play in the top 14. <laughs> That's the way to um, do it, isn't it? Technicality. <laughs> yeah. Get him I'm off not... on a technicality. That's what the yeah. game is all about. Uh, but it's it's just because, yeah, they obviously don't... They just don't see it as a serious... and But it is serious. You know, you, some, you could blind someone doing that shit. I'm assuming and, that you'd, you'd actually have to do a thing like like in the first Predator film when he ripped somebody's spine out from the base <laughs> and well, swing yeah. their spine and head around neck, round but your that's head. Kind of, that's kind of what, why I found myself agreeing with Austin Healy because he basically said that like there are so many laws and rules in rugby now that referees are no longer able to use common sense to adjudicate foul play. And like the Francis one is a textbook example of that because what he did was neither dangerous nor malicious, but by the letter of the law, it's a red card and a ban. Like I'm all hmm. for making the game safer, but we've actually got to focus on going after things that are actually dangerous as opposed to like needlessly over-punishing things that were just an innocuous part of the game. Like That's why I can't understand. Going near someone's head should not merit you not working for a fortnight because that then diminishes when somebody gets banned for a fuckload of time for sticking their fingers in someone's eyes. Yeah, it's, it's the thing with the biting as well. I mean, I've always generally... I remember when um, Louis Suarez did the whole thing with biting and British people in particular have a particularly like moral outrage about bites, mm. don't they? And I think Suarez was like, yeah, but I think in like 
Suarez, I think, made the point that we bite. Biting seems just like punching somebody. Yeah. Well, why is it worse than punching somebody? You could argue it's it's actually not as bad as punching somebody because you're punching much more likely to hurt someone by punching someone. I thought so. Someone. But there's something about me. A guy I know who's a big rugby, rugby league coach and stuff like that <laughs> described Chris Ashton. I've just seen the Chris Ashton bite, and he's basically subhuman scum. It was a bit harsh. Yeah. And also called him, he said that ever since he started playing for Wigan, he was a coward. And, and she gave me a link to a video where when he was 19 and playing for Wigan, a Wakefield Trinity prop ran at him and Ashton literally ran out of the way while this prop ran past him and scored a 70-metre <laughs> try. So he's never had a very good opinion of him. But um, yeah. so, yeah, so yeah. anyway, bands, bands, bands. We could go on about it forever. Mm, Moving on to the shit, uh, Tom, uh, the fourth, yes. gib on, fourth gib on Twitter, <laughs> got in touch. And saying that Bristol was shit, and he thinks they're going yeah. to be worse than Rotherham and London Welsh. I think time will tell on that one, but yeah, I, they're going down, as you've said. Yeah, yeah, I think they definitely are. Um, other shits for me. We talked about it last week. Another week, another game in the Pro Twelve without a TMO. Um, and this week, the Chorizo versus Dragons game saw a controversial try awarded without any way to check because um, the Chorizo home. Hmm. The refereeing panel didn't have a video ref. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it when refs make a decision based on their own judgment when it's called for. But when it's something is, it was basically the two players went to ground the same ball in goal, hmm. and the ref determined that the Dragons player had got there, uh, that the Chorizo player had got there ahead of the Dragons player, and it was a you know milliseconds sort of thing. We've all seen the replays of these who got it down first things when they're both going for it, hmm. and it's impossible to judge. And like it's bush league shit because like every other team playing in the league that weekend had that advantage of being able to check those marginal calls, and it's it's, it's silly. Like, it's like the DRS in cricket; you've either got to have it or not have it. You can't just have yeah. people picking and choosing or not having the money to fund it everywhere. It's yeah, ludicrous. no, it's absurd. And Even rugby league can fund it everywhere. With a fucking avid console in a truck outside a ground. Well, exactly. Really? If rugby league can fund it mm. and Castleford, then there's no way that the Pro Twelve can't fund it. Yeah, it's, or do what they do in the NRL and have a centralised one that like just does it for everyone. I the bunker. about that. The cluster, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yes, the, the ref bunker. It's <laughs> not mission control of, T, of, mm. of TMOs. God, that must be awful. Um, yeah, so anything else? Because that's it for uh, the yes. show for me. Steve Meehan and Mike Ford's relationship, which must just be not very good. Because um, despite being quite successful... Meehan was, what, turfed out as Bath coach in 2010 when Bruce Craig took over, yeah. and then after faffing with Gary Gold for a bit, he was replaced by Mike Ford. Now, for the last year, Meehan's been attack coach in Toulon um, until today, where he's paid for the price of Toulon being fucking dreadful this season, and he's been replaced by, of course, Mike Ford. Like, he must just... They must get on like a house on fire. All right. All right. Yeah. Mike, you've come to steal my job again, have you? <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Yeah, also, Meehan's... He hasn't been sacked, he's been demoted, and now his job consists of, and I quote, concentrating on video and skills, which sounds like something <laughs> the work experience lad should be doing, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, I was a friend of the pod, um, and uh, JB, from mm. the Rugby the Excellent Egg Chasers podcast, our, our friends over there, they started doing a pod called The Rugby Dungeon. Have you listened mm. to any of it? He's, he's interviewing. He's actually interviewing people from yes, the game. Yes, I've listened to a few of them. Yeah, have really you listened good. to Carl Ferns? 
No, I haven't actually. It's a very, very good one. He's over in France, isn't he now, Carl Ferns? Yes, he is. He, he seems like the the player least likely to go to France in my entire. <laughs> uh, it was, but but he's doing very well over there. But anyway, he was he was very much saying that Gary Gold was a good guy and a and a, cons- and a consensus builder, and mm. let's just say he didn't give that kind of sentiment out when he was discussing Mike Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Mike Ford seems... But then again, lots of people say he's a very nice guy. The Ford family are a lovely family and all that kind of stuff, so apparently. It doesn't make him a good coach. No, it doesn't. Anyway, that's the end of the shit, good. Let's move on to our latest feature uh, that we brought in new this season. I don't second that emotion, which we're using as a safe place for all of us to admit our shameful feelings about players that we have no right, really, to love or hate. Last week we did... Uh, we, you, we don't like Sergio Paris. Yeah, and we also said that we do like Chris Ashton. We won't go there yes. again. Anyway, yeah. John Pulley reached out on Twitter because he's finally, I think, found somewhere he can actually let this out. <laughs> oh God! To oh, tell God. us his filthy shame mm. of uh, loving a certain uh, Frenchman, Johan Uge. Nah. Where do we stand on that one? Look, this is what never... this this is what John had to say about it. Okay, mm. John said, "Johan Uge, a proper little shit, isn't he?" Yeah, with you so far on that one. <laughs> With the diving, the stamping, the cheap mm-hmm. shots, and the general cowardice, yes. He's a master of shithousery, and pretty much the scumbag scumbag. <laughs> and yet, for some reason, I kind of like him. He's capable of sheer brilliance on his day, and is a fantastic finisher, and for some reason, I just can't hate him as much as I should, and as everybody else does. Sometimes there is no reasoning with it, is there? Like, he's right. He is a fantastic player in a sort of weird, lumbering, schoolyard bully kind of way. He wasn't for a while. He was, like, totally no, clueless. He was, a, he was a proper late bloomer, wasn't he? He was. Like, and I know the whole point of this thing is to like players that we probably shouldn't, but Johan fucking Uge. <laughs> like, for starters, he looks like a seedy pirate. Like, <laughs> I always think guy- he looks... Like, when I was in school, being a Catholic, he always looks like how they, they pictured the... How they used to sketch the biblical character Barabbas, the one who stitched up Jesus. That's exactly what. what yeah. So that's another reason why I think deep down I don't particularly like him. No, it's like it's, he looks like a pirate, but the sort of pirate that if you would like hired him for entertainment for a kid's party, you'd end up regretting it. He'd turn up drunk and say something really inappropriate. <laughs> like the one in Uncle Buck in a mouse, <laughs> basically drunk yeah. in a mouse. I mean, like, he is a complete shit house. Like not a Chris Ashton dickhead either. No, like, like nasty with it, yeah. Yeah, like just a, a face yeah, stamping right. shit out. <laughs> yeah. That's just no, yeah. I can't. I can't. John, second this emotion. I can't either. But this is, is a safe place. This is yeah. a safe, safe sharing environment, and John has a right to express his feelings about Johan Uge. If that is how you feel about Johan Uge, then more parity. So please, anybody else there, get in touch uh, to at Blood and Mud and at Josh Gardner and tell us who you don't second that emotion on. Yeah. If you want to do it in DMs, just to, to save yeah. the public nature of your yeah, shame, exactly. that's fine. We'll give you a follow if you want to do it. Anon- yeah. We'll even do it anonymously if it's someone. Yeah. To- if it's Matt Dawson, <laughs> we promise that we'll be kind. Okay, we promise. <laughs> I make no such promise. <laughs> so there you go. That was I don't second that emotion for this week. We're going to bring back the feature that is you dirty get, Josh. Yes. Where we celebrate and- legendary acts of foul play. And this is pretty bloody legendary. It is pretty legendary. Heavy Metal's own Tom Repka got in touch and nominated this week's entrance. Cast your mind back to 2012, Josh. Uh, the coalition government is in full swing and the, uh, the world mourned the death of Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and Terry Nutkins. 
God. I know which one of those hit me the worst. Oof. It was Terry, wasn't it? Oh, it was the really wild it. show. I can't yeah. see a tiger now without crying a bit. Yeah. Anyway, on the field, there was a certain Callum Clark of Northampton Saints Oof. who decided that he didn't particularly like the direction in which humanity revolved the direction in which the elbows were bent. No. You saw a fundamental flaw. I kind of wish that you hadn't, you hadn't suggested this one, to be honest with you, because it made me have to watch it again. Yeah, me too. And it's one of the most despicable, disgraceful acts of thuggery and violence I've seen on a rugby field, certainly in the modern era. It's hideous. Have a listen. Go on, sorry. No, no, Carrie. Have a listen to this. See if this comes through. I found the video, right? And have a listen if you can see, see if you can pick up the noise that the Leicester hooker, Rob Hawkins, whose army did this to, makes. Did you hear the scream? Yeah, it's, it's not just, I mean, obviously, Hawkins kind of gets forgotten about in this, and it was a horrendously bad injury, but it was just the nature of the way that it occurs just turns the stomach, because, like, most of the time when we're talking about, like, dirty shit on the rugby field, particularly, like, dangerous things that end up causing serious injury, like, they're things that, even when they're done by a shit house, they result from players going over the line within the basic frameworks of the game, like, a hit becomes a charge, or... A yes. shove becomes a punch or yeah. a ruck becomes a stamp. You know, it's ugly, but we can at least sort of understand where it yeah, came from. Yeah, and we from, can understand in our own brain that we might do something like that. Yeah. We might get a bit overexcited and kind of you mm. know, lose our temper but a little bit. That, that whole fucking armbar thing, though, that's out of MMA. That's got that's no a tap out job, isn't it? That's a, yeah, that's, well, at least in MMA, you can tap out. Yeah, not get your arms snapped, you can, which is basically what happened to this yeah, guy. Well, you can defend yourself because you're not trapped at the bottom of a fucking ruck. It was, oh. Callum Clark as well, when you look at his face, he looks like an archetypal school shithouse bully. He looks mm. horrible. He was only 22 when he did this, which means he's only 26 now. He seems yeah. to have been around forever, doesn't he? And he keeps getting close to England squads. He did before the World Cup. He actually played for he's England, didn't he? He's not a bad he? player. He's, I mean, he's not a great player, but, he's, but you know, he's, he's just, what, again, he was part of the groping for number seven, wasn't he? But, uh, yeah, but it just turns my stomach every time he gets near international honours because I just can't. You can't help but think it's forever associated with him now. Like, and with many, like, like you say, with many bits of the shithousery, you can put yourself in the player's shoes and decide how Russia blood to the head they did it. But like, no, it was almost like a sort of calculated, abnormal it, sort yeah. of. It's like it's like it felt a little bit like you hear about you know when them serial killers who always started by pulling <laughs> kittens' nails out with pliers. It felt you yeah. know it's something you can't really understand yourself doing. But here's, here's, here's quite a funny thing at the end of it, because everybody's cuddly friend, Will Greenwood, having seen the video of what happened, this is what he said. Harlequins, and there you go, and there's a bit of niggle, as always, between the, the Saints and the Tigers, as you would expect, but Callum Clark never gives a yard. <laughs> never gives um, a yard. Yeah. Unless he wants to bend somebody's arm a yard the wrong way. Maybe that's what he means. <laughs> yeah, that's the yard that he should not have given. Um, I mean, to be honest, yeah. we've done these and we have a bit of a laugh sometimes. Now, Neil back slapping the ball out of Peter Stringer's hand will yeah. never yeah. fail to be fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> but this this is simply not very amusing at all. It's truly, no. absolutely awful I and a proper legendary bit of horrible visibility, If Saints had torn up his contract and the IRB had banned him for life, I wouldn't have blinked batted an eyelid because, like, as it was, he said he was sorry, got half his sentence commuted and was back playing within six months and, like, back in the England squad in two years. 32 and two just, weeks he was banned for, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. 
was originally like 52 or something and reduced because he admitted to it. You'd be hard fucking not to. <laughs> but like playing professional top flight rugby is a privilege, not a right. And when you do something as genuinely hideous as this, I think there probably should be some consequences beyond six months. It's that pay classic leave. thing. If you did it outside a nightclub. Oh, yeah. You know. As a bit of a postscript to this, Rob Hawkins ended up uh, going to Newcastle. He was mm. quite. He was. He was in his late twenties when this happened, and he's he's, yeah. he's thirty three now, and he retired at the end of last season to become a policeman. Now, as a bit of a, th- a hark back, because we did you dirty get, we did Bloodgate the other week, we did, and Dean Richards is the is the coach of Newcastle Falcons. Of course, he is. Yeah, and on him going to join the police, uh, clubs director rugby Dean Richards. Dean Richards used to be a copper as well. Yes, I'm saying yeah. The club's director, Rugby Dean Richards, himself a former policeman, said about Rob Hawkins, having worked for a number of years in the police myself, I know Rob has all the attributes required to make a success of his intended new career. So what attributes do you think Dean Richards thinks a copper <laughs> needs? Vast amounts of corruption and lying, I'm guessing. Yeah, I suppose. That might be what Richards is the man who after Bloodgate did just stand there and when asked a question by Graham Sinners, so your, your conscience is clear on that one. He said, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Looked him dead in the eye and said, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's the kind of stuff that you need to be a policeman. Mm-hmm. Maybe, probably not. Right then, Josh, that was your yes. dirty get. It was. You won't believe this, Josh, but we've got to the loop actually at fifth, just over 57 minutes. That is remarkable. Is it? Our timing is on point this season. If we can just iron out some of these sound problems, we could almost seem like we know, we know what we're doing. Anyway, yeah. we are finishing, as we always do, with The Loop, the world's first and only rugby-related music playlist. And uh, this week, um, and it's nothing to do with Jeremy Corbyn being re-elected, this is not a political show, <laughs> uh, but I've selected <laughs> Billy Bragg simply because it's the song Accident Waiting to Happen, which is a bit of a mm. one about Mr. Clark we just talked about. We've already mentioned Chris Ashton tonight as well. And I suppose any other players out there who are an accident waiting to happen, Josh? Fair enough. Of which there are many, I imagine. So many, don't forget, you can nominate uh, songs for The Loop by getting in touch at Blood and Wood. You can also find it on Spotify. And it's a collaborative playlist on <laughs> Spotify. I've gone full digital web 2.0 on this one. Wow. And you can actually yeah, add you. tracks to it yourself randomly and I'll find them and I'll pick them up and that'll be that. Um, you can get in touch with us at Blood and Mud. Thank you very much for your time. Josh, thank you for your input. Always a pleasure. We will be back next week when hopefully things will be a little bit less insane and easier to understand in terms nice of results. All the best, mate. See you. Take care. Bye.
If you have a TV, you must have a TV license. It's the law. Choose the convenient option and pay online anytime at tvlicense.ie. Your TV license made easier. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.